Grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was in trouble. Boy, was I in trouble. And I knew I was in trouble, too. That was the worst part. I can't remember exactly the day, but it was somewhere around June. I was about 13 or so years old. I had been confirmed. That's right, confirmed for a few months. And I got a phone call. I got a phone call. Now, let's see out here. I don't think there's anybody too young in here, but this is before the days of cell phones. So you know what I mean? The phone's right in the middle of the room, which means if you get a bad phone call, everybody stares at you. So it was one of those Sunday mornings. It was, I, I had decided in my brilliance as a 13, 14-year-old that I could stay up late and no one could stop me. My mother allowed me to sleep through Bible class. Don't recommend it, but she allowed it to happen. I was eating breakfast. I was getting ready. I was going to get ready to go to church, and I got the phone call, the phone call that I didn't even know I was going to get. It wasn't one of my friends. It wasn't one of my buddies or anything like that. Oh, no. It was one of the elders, the elders of the church calling me on Sunday morning before church started. I knew I was in trouble. He was calling me to inform me, well, actually more to ask me if I was planning on showing up that Sunday because guess what? I had been signed up to be an usher. Now, I didn't sign myself up to be an usher. I had done no such thing. And I remember somewhere in the backlogs of my mind in a typical 13-year-old fashion, somebody telling me about how after I was confirmed, I would be immediately signed up to do either the Hannah Guild, well, your Hannah Guild, the sacristy, or I would be signed up to be an usher. I had forgotten about that conversation. I had selectively decided not to remember that one. And so I was signed up. Not in April, not in May, but in June. It was my month, and I was getting a phone call. I was getting a phone call in the morning that interrupted breakfast because I wasn't at church yet. You see, it, it was just one of those things. St. John's in Beaufort, Missouri, which is where I'm from, had this expectation. Once you were confirmed, you weren't just confirmed, and, and it, was, it was, here you go, it was you were confirmed and now you're a part of the church. Here you are. Now you're going to be a part of this. Now you're going to do something. Here you are. Now you're an usher. Now you're part of the sacristy. Whatever it happens to be. I had crossed a threshold and I was in a different area and it made me nervous. See, I'll be honest. It made me nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. and I didn't know what to expect. I had never ushered before. I didn't know, I knew that they, that, see, our ushers back in the day, they would put folding chairs right in the middle of the aisle and they would sit there. So you always knew who they were. And so I knew what they did. They sat there in folding chairs right there in the aisle. That's what they did. But it was just an expectation. It was a part of that process. But it makes me nervous. It makes all of us nervous. When we, when we venture out of one area that we have decided is our kind of our comfort zone, and then we move on into a different area, it can be nerve-wracking. 
It can make us nervous. What do we do? How are we going to get it done? What if we fail? What if we embarrass ourselves? What's going to happen? We have all these things floating around in our minds. And it's not just me either. All of us, anytime we venture into that new territory, remember back in the days when you, you went from middle school into high school and what that was like. You're going to a different building with different people. Maybe even from a small class to a very large class. What about when you went into college? What about when you got your first real career job and you walked in on that first day? What about when you ventured into retirement? Did you ever stop and think, can we do this? Do we have the money to retire? Can, can, how are we going to make ends meet? What's, what about this and what about that? And all those various things that cross our minds as we go into these various areas of life and we find ourselves kind of, kind of having that upset equilibrium, if you will, where we, we just don't know. And it troubles us. It causes us to maybe do a double take. As we turn to Scripture this day, this morning, we're reading a text from John 16. And as we read through that text, this is actually, now if you were here last week, this, we actually had the text that follows right after this. But this morning we have this text where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Remember, he has been telling them what he is doing and where he is going. It still hasn't quite clicked with them. But one thing they're beginning to understand is that Jesus is going to be gone. There's going to be a time when Jesus is not there with them. And they're distraught. What are they going to do? They have followed Jesus. They have sat at his feet. They have learned from him. They have watched him perform miracles. Some of them watched him raise somebody from the dead. Walk on water. Calm the storm. And now he's talking about how he's going to be gone? What are they going to do? How are they going to do all of this? Where, 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 what's the next steps? How is this all going to end? And so Jesus is talking to them. And he says some things to them. And I'm not going to highlight all of it. This is actually quite a loaded text. We could, we could really go off on some stuff talking about the Holy Spirit, the job of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. We could talk about stuff for hours and hours. But I won't do that to you. I'll hold it down to just a few things. But one thing I want you to notice he says, because this one I think is hard for us to even hear. He says it's better. It's better for you if I go. Think about that. How many times have we probably thought to ourselves, and maybe if you're like me, you've thought this, how many times have we thought to ourselves, you know, if Jesus was just here now, if he was in his physical body, standing before me, talking to me, that would just be great. And we just think, boy, that would make things better. But listen to Jesus. Jesus tells them, no, it's better that I go. But he also talks about how he is going to send the Spirit. He is going to send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to them. To comfort them in their times of sorrow. To grant them that comfort and that peace that they so desperately need but also to guide them. Also to guide them. 
And as a church, those words of Jesus that he gave to his disciples all those years ago are so important for us right now today. There's so many things in this world that are uncertain, so many things that can be scary and intimidating. But we have the spirit of truth to guide us. It's one of the reasons that we gather here week after week. Paul tells us that faith comes from hearing. That through the very words of Christ, by hearing it from the lectern and hearing it presented and proclaimed again and again and again, that we are strengthened, that we are comforted, that His Word guides us. It's a lamp to our feet. And have you ever listened to the blessing? Have you ever, I, I know communion can sometimes be a big rush, but have you ever listened to the real blessing that you receive as you depart the table. Now may this true body and blood of Christ Jesus strengthen you and preserve you. In the midst of all the things that we go through, when we feel like we so desperately need just something to grab onto, our Lord gives us His true body and blood. Something physical, something that, dare I say, you can grab onto. Something that you can see and smell and you can hear the word of God. Yes, Jesus sends the spirit of truth. He is guiding us. And he is guiding us to ever reflect, but not just reflect, to know that our Lord Jesus Christ died for us, paid the price for us, that our salvation is secure through Him. And that's a good comfort. That's a huge comfort. In the midst of a world that's filled with turmoil, it is a great comfort to know that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. In His name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, please stand as we now confess our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father.